What's up, y'all? This is Tony Powell, and you're listening to Powell to the People, a podcast, episode 136. Once again, I'm back with the finest cast in the whole podcasting universe. When I want to know what's going on with anything New York City transit related, there's no expert I trust more than my cousin, Mr. Keith Powell. What's going on, Keith? I'm good, man. You know, we keep the city moving, baby. And when I want to know what's going on with the local TV news beat, there's no director I trust more than my brother, Mr. Mark Powell. He's here. What's going on, Mark? What's up, fam? What's up, world? And when I want to know what's going on with the local uh, New York City real estate scene, there's no expert I trust more than the man we call Mr. Eddie Kane Jr., but you call him Mr. Derek Powell, my cousin. What's going on? Everything is good. Always good to be in the cypher with the cats, ready to listen to the supervised supervise. Well, I mean, we have a we have a pretty, pretty packed show. Some issues that we have to address right off the bat. Because um, uh, excuse last- me, sir. Excuse me. And I don't mean to cut you off, but there is but- a supervision issue that you need to address. You did send us a text message uh, about a suspension, but I see that everybody's here. <laughs> I was I was about to get into that, but you oh, okay, okay, I, okay. The, the audience wants to know that you're supervising. We're waiting. No, no, no. I, I, I'm definitely going to address this moment because last week, um, you know, I, I told you I, I, I did not mention this, and I rarely share any kind of personal medical issues that I have with the audience. It's not because I, you know, I don't, I, I don't trust you, or I don't feel I should share this information. It's just that I'm kind of private that way. But I did have some. Laser surgery done on my eyes a few weeks back um, to to address what could have been a serious issue with glaucoma. So I had some laser surgery done. And so my eyes have been off and on somewhat more sensitive than they had been in the past. With that as a background, my brother mm-hmm. texted us a picture mm-hmm. this, this past Uh-oh. week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of Lizzo, mm-hmm. <laughs> butt ass naked. Oh God damn it! <laughs> now I want to say that my eyes have been tearing <laughs> since that time. Here we go. Here we go. Since I visualized that, I may, in fact I think I may have lost <laughs> a percentage of my vision. I'm not sure. I was. I'm not sure what it is right now, but I think I need to go get my prescriptions okay. redone because because uh, my brother decided that. This was something I needed to see before right. breakfast. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so explain yourself, Mark. I, I'm you. curious. What, 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 what was the motivating factor behind that? Here's a motivating factor. No jokes. I was asking the crew, do we have a problem with this? Do we have an, uh, an issue with this? And here's the, here's the reason why I put it. And, I, and I'm one of those things where it was truly a question. It wasn't like I had a statement. I can go either side. Because in one instance... I mean, if you know, if you heard Lizzo speak or seen her or, you know, seen her like wear clothes or what have you, she's saying no, no body shaming. This is kind of crazy how we shame all types of bodies. And the other standpoint, I'm thinking like, do we need, do we need, does she need to put that out there like that? Can she just wear, I guess, um, I don't don't put it like, air quotes, more uh, tasteful slash, uh, appropriate clothes and and i then i thought about something i said you know what none of us had a problem remember back in the day when tony braxton was hot and she was wearing almost nothing or basically like you know paper napkins and stuff like that none of us said anything we had no problems at all with what she was wearing and now lizzo comes she was a size six (laughs) i know and the question is are we fat shaming body shame is it should the message be not that she's She's overweight. I mean, that's not that's nobody's saying anything crazy here. Should the message be for somebody like Lizzo, like, listen, you should be proud of all your parts versus how your parts lay on your body. If that, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'm thinking that's I would if you read the article, that's her message. I'm not sitting there saying I'm a size six or whatever the measurements are. This is what I am. I got bumps and bruises and, and folds and stuff. And I'm I'm happy with that. You can argue a different aspect, which is, is it a health concern? We're not talking about that. We're talking about strictly the aesthetics. And she's saying, just be proud and happy of all your bumps and bruises, just as you are happy with the, the Tony Braxton bumps and lack of bumps and bruises. You should be fine with me, too, or people like me, too. Allow nope. me to wait, 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 before you, Anthony. Nope. I have seen some 
really pretty, big, beautiful women. And some of them had roles, but not roles like that, because I, I can't agree with that. There, There's a time for everything <laughs> to be seen. Certain things, I understand she's not ashamed of her body. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, I, that's, I'm, that's I'm good right. with that. But there's just certain things you just don't put out there, man. That's like me taking off my shirt right now, walking down the street with, 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 without an undershirt on, and my, my belly sticking out. I would feel kind of shameful of that. I'm, know, if it was a little flatter, I would understand, but I don't put on a little weight. Oh, no. I'm in line with with that line of thinking. My core belief is that sort of thing. Like, listen, you know, I think you should probably, because like you said, just because you have a bunch of rolls and folds doesn't mean that you can't be sexy or appealing or or whatever the things are. I saw Stevie Wonder running away. What you talking about? But I'm I'm wondering if like, at what point is the message conflated? That's I'm, I'm truly I'm not I'm not making a judgment. I'm just asking a question to try to to see because. If I had a, well, I don't have any. If I had a daughter, and say she was, you know, a little bigger than most, how would I feel? My girls are, uh, and I, and I, lo- I love them, but I'll be, I'll go crazy if they come and walk naked in front of me. And I, I, my eyes might be, I might be blinded for the rest of my life. That's your daughter, man. Come on. I don't. <laughs> That's why I'm scared. Don't, don't do that, please, please. Don't, don't put it out there in the public. You know, Jerry. Don't ever send me that. When I'm having my frosty flakes, <laughs> I spilled milk on the floor. I had to mop the whole floor because you know it gets sticky. Because you made a decision to feel or to think that that's something we need to see, so we can have this conversation that we can we, we have it. Okay. We could have had this conversation without the visual. Don't send me no nonsense like that. Okay, nothing against her. She is who she is, but not while I'm having my frosty flakes. Thank you. Let me just say this. Um, I have a comedian friend, uh, Hamburger, and Hamburger. one of his Hamburger, yeah, one of his jokes was that uh, just because they make it in your size, don't mean you should put it on. I said that many times, and and I, I you know, again, since I'm sharing my own physical uh, issues, I'm slightly knock kneed not not like you know, I'm I'm not shaped like a K, but slightly slightly to the point where you're not I, Kenny, if I put you're not on, Kenny, uh, Kenny Smith. I'm not Kenny Smith, no. Uh, you know, I mean, there's no fire that's going to get started if I'm walking, and you and you set some kindling between my knees. It's not going to happen, but it's slightly. So, so if I put on a pair of of skinny jeans, it would be more obvious than not. So, you know what I don't do? I don't buy skinny jeans. I just, I'm just not going to wear them. I'm just not going to buy a pair. I'm not going to look at the store and go, you know what? I think I need a pair of those. No, it's never going to happen. If I'm not in shape, as Keith just suggested, I'm probably not going to go outside or fly myself to the south of France so I can lay on a nude beach. It's not going to do it. I'm not putting on a Speedo. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I'm not embarrassed by me. It's just not, I'm not going to go that far. So if the if the argument being made, if the statement being made is that you should be proud of whoever you are, and I, I truly believe this, if you are a unique individual. We're all unique individuals and we're all gifted with uh, things that make us unique. That being said, you should not be having your ass butt ass naked if 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 this is where you are. And I'm not knocking, I'm not saying, again, because beauty standards change. There was a time oh, yeah. in history where, where uh, the Rubens paintings, the, Ruben, the idea of being Rubenesque, the idea of being Full figure, Mae West back in the 30s was 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 a sex symbol. She was she was a uh she was not twiggy. She was she was a kind of a full-figured gal. Yeah. And you can be, and to Keith's point, you can be very sexy and be a big girl. I've I've seen some big girls who are very sexy, so I'm not even making that no, judgment. I, I I agree. I'm I'm not arguing with any of your point. I agree with your points. But I think Lizzo is is I, I'm not sure if, if the intention is is the right intention because I've seen her walk with her ass hanging out with the with the shiny ass out pants and what's the message you're sending me there? No, I, that that's, I need to see your ass. I'm not sure. No, I, I agree with I I agree with you wholeheartedly and and I think if she would have done the same thing and say she's wearing a, a one piece or maybe you say she's wearing a one piece saying hey listen I can you know I can wear a bathing suit too or she's wearing maybe clothes I would think I would think are too tight that'd be fine but I think. 
she went from the point of trying to, in my opinion, trying to show, listen, we got all body types here and, and stop, you know, saying certain things to, I can't get her message because I'm, I'm distracted by what I deem something that's classless or doesn't have as much, I'm blinded by the imagery versus I can't hear your message. I think she, I understand sometimes you got to like, you know, be outrageous. You all to get, blinded. Yeah. I think sometimes you got to be outrageous to get certain things heard. And I get that point, but I think she kind of, she missed it with this one because she's like, we said, she's worn that, uh, the, the thong thing, uh, I think on air, on air a couple of times. And she was in uh, the movie Hus- uh, Hustlers, uh, Hus- the Hustler, Hustlers with uh, Jennifer Lopez. And she, but I think when she, when you go that route, people can't hear you saying about body, positive body imagery. All they see is what you put out there and they, and they just, they lose your message, I think. Again, I mean, it, you know, history is filled with, with, with big gals who are, who are, have been, who've been sexy. I mean, and and again, that's that's it's not it's, everybody's not a perfect size six. If 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 size six is a perfect size, I'm not saying it is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've never. I, you know. I mean, generally speaking, um, that's not. You know, very very slim, skinny is not what what I find attractive. So, I'm not I'm not trying to judge her for for making the statement about body positivity. I'm not. And I know people are going to say, well, of course you are. I'm not making a statement about her statement about body positivity. Yes, I I believe in it. I think we should not be in the business of fat shaming. I believe that. But I also believe that, you know, we, I don't sing in public because I know I can't sing. (laughs) You know, that's it. I don't sing in public because I know I can't sing. I'll tell jokes in public because I kind of feel confident about my ability to do that. But you'll never hear me trying to sing or get on a record and sing. I know I can't sing. So given that, and I'm okay with it, you know, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, and maybe, maybe if the, the argument is, well, nobody is going to, you know, criticize you for not being able to sing. That's probably true. And maybe it's a bad analogy, but I'm just saying that she could have made her point. Her point has been made. She's been walking around scantily dressed for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying to tell me or sell me on body positivity, I think you've already made the case. What is the point then now of 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 she said she's you know, usually she would not expose herself that way without doing the uh, photoshopping of her of her stretch marks and her lines and everything else and uh, her, her uh, uh, you know, uh blemishes and dark spots. She said she would ordinarily not even put herself out there without doing that Photoshop work. Well, if you're already considering Photoshop work, then what, what are you really telling me? What are you really selling me? That's all I'm, that's what I'm confused no, about. No, I, I agree. I said she could have done the same thing. Like I said with, with a one piece or a leotard and, and then, and stripped all the filters and, and Photoshop's and we would have got the, got to her message. I think she just, push too far. And when you push too far, sometimes people can't hear you. They can't see it. They, they just like, they're only distracted by all the stuff. So even though I'm screaming and hollering, Hey, look at me, look at me for the right reason. I'm distracted by what you're putting out there. And I think that's why I think the loss on her part may have been. And it'll, and, and it'll come across from people like if we say it'll come across like we're killing big girls or black, you know, fat girls. It's not, that's not the case at all. We're just saying you missed the point and you missed your own point. Agreed. She, the, yeah, the, the the picture yeah, the, was uh was shocking, uh shocking uh not in a bad way but surprising like like whoa well you know what is this you know what what is she doing now instead of people really receiving what it is she was trying to deliver and that it's okay to love you no matter who you are you know beauty's in the eyes of you know the beholder is what's inside and not what's you know not what's on on the outside and I think it's with only the skin sh- deep Derek. Exactly. Oh, that's deep. the Temptations. Yeah. David Ruffin. Go. Okay. Yeah. Well, and anyway, but with that photo, you don't get that message, yeah. even though that's the message I believe that she wanted to give, because you kind of like taken back, like, wait a minute, she she might have really pushed the envelope and went a little bit too far with this one because uh nobody's gonna get that message because it's gonna be more conversation, in my opinion, on the visual photo and not what she was trying to get across. Right. I mean, she's going to get across exactly what she didn't want to get across. People are going to be casting judgment about her and then feel and those people are going to feel, you know, uh, shame for 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 
for casting judgment, even though they didn't ask her for a picture of her naked. Nobody, I, I don't recall putting that request in. I just don't remember doing but, it. But once she put it out there, she put it out there for people to judge her. Basically, even though her, 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 her statement may not be that way, but that's just people nature. They're going to judge you no matter what. So it would, it would have been better for her to talk about it than to display it. Because then now people look at it in a whole different light. Yeah, this, this I mean, mind you, this comes following a week where she, she shot her shot at Chris Evans. So it's, there's clearly something going on. I, I, I'm not. I'm not here. To, I, I don't want anybody uh, emailing me or emailing us or, or you know going on the site, going on on Facebook, pile to the people Facebook page and writing. You know, you guys are horrible. Um, how dare you try to psych? You're not. You know, you're not psychiatrist. You're not. You know, psychologist. How do you know what's in her mind? I'm just saying that there's something going on, um, either from a marketing standpoint. Or a personal cry standpoint, I'm not sure which is which. And uh, I, 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 again, you know, on on one level, I accept the message. I accept the body positivity uh, message, and and if that's her way of of expressing it, okay, maybe you know, I'm going to give her a C plus on on the execution. If it's something, di- if it's something different, then you know, we'll have to talk about that too at some point. Moving on. Um, yesterday was the Oscars. I guess I'm the only one that watched the Oscars yesterday. Um, and here's what I'll say. After a year of lockdown, after a year of lockdown, it's really tough to kind of go and sit around and watch other people pat themselves on the back. So, so this year I give them, I commend them. I give them credit for not being so obnoxious um, in an attempt to pat themselves on the back with awards and and glitz and glamour and show and and all the pomp and circumstance that usually accompanies the uh, the Oscars and the Academy Awards. Um, this year, they t- tried to focus more on the humanity of the people who are in the industry, and I thought that was cool. I just I just felt like maybe. I'm, maybe I'm speaking for myself. I, I felt like that kind of event. I'm almost kind of over. Am I alone? Over that. No, no, no. That, the Oscars and the Golden Globes and all these Hollywoods, where the best award shows have long been done with them. And it's like you said exactly right. They're the only ones who care about this award. It's not like it's some kind of award where you can. It's some kind of tangible result to the consumer. Like if by you winning best actress or whatever hell they were, whatever the hell they call it now i don't get anything out of it it's not like i like i saw a movie i just like movie doesn't like the movie whatever it is the fact that they feel the need to congratulate themselves on how great they were seems kind of crazy you know what it, to me they shouldn't even have the oscar awards this year because basically no one really got to go to the movies to see anything and, thank you you know that that's that's the point You've seen a uh, show on Netflix, maybe, or uh, HBO Max or one of them, but you haven't really actually seen the, pe- the the movie to actually judge it to see what it really is. You know, they may have sat there and, and figure, oh, I like this one uh, better than uh, that movie or that one, or I like that actress better than that actress. But if you leave it up to the people to vote, then I think it would be a, a much better uh, way of having an Oscar. But what I did notice, you know, when I did flip through the channel, they had a lot of black folks there and it made me a little weary. Like something ain't right. It's usually not that many folks there. Oh, they had a lot. They had a lot. Yeah, it was, it was very color centric. I mean, you know, um, there, there was a lot of people of color. It was very, it was, this was the multicultural Oscars because, you know, there was a lot of love for, for uh, Asian Americans this year. Uh, a lot of love for, for Africans, and African Americans, Tyler Perry won a, a humanitarian award. Um, by, I think Viola Davis. I'm not sure if she won it or not. Uh, I, I think the only snub in the whole thing to me was that Chadwick Boseman did not win an Oscar for Best Supporting in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I thought was he, a, outstanding. Outstanding. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it was you know, outstanding. That's what it has me. You know, that's what I'm saying. They make this judgment, but 
you know, I'm not looking at because he was sick. I'm looking at how he performed. This kid gave everything he got with the illness that he was dealing with. And it, w- it was superb. You wouldn't even know he was sick. That's how good it was. Yeah, but that's I mean, acting. But that's if you're acting. judging actors on uh by who got the award, I mean the Academy Awards is probably the worst thing to judge it on because there've been tons and tons and tons of times where actor or actress X had won an award, you go, How the hell did they win over that person? It's it's almost like it's almost like it's like watching Heisman stuff sometimes. Like, that's the best player of all of all stuff I see, that's the best player. And that's why I look at the Oscars. It's like Whatever their criteria is, it is in most times a total disconnect from the public's criteria what they think is the best actor or actress or director or whatever the stupid categories are. They've got a million of them. But usually a disconnect on what we think should have been compared to what they voted on. And I guess part of the thing, I don't even think like like there's no uh, there is no criteria. It's, it's almost like a willful like, hey, you know, we think this person getting this traction right now they're gonna win i'm like okay all right i know it's, I know, the, I know the outcome now i never really watched it too much myself um i would just uh find out the next day in the uh in the papers who won a loss uh you know like mark there was nothing there's nothing for me to get it uh to get out of it um i always heard the different cries about who should have gotten this and who and, and who should have uh yeah. who shouldn't have received it and when, when you think about what's been done, you know, with African-American uh, folks where uh, Denzel get it for a crooked cop. And I'm like, okie dokie, um, out of all the roles he's done, we going with Alonzo. And that was the only one, you know, to this day, I, I got an issue with him, you know, because of that role. But, you know, I know it's just movies. And then remember, we know what Halle got it um, in Monsters that, Ball. So it's like nah, how nah, they depict us is how you're going to win, you know, where I thought there was a lot more better. Uh, shows doing those times uh, where those actresses or actors should have gotten it, but it's I guess it's what you know the the people in Hollywood what they think is good and what uh, they feel who's going to win. But point, Dirk Denzel did uh, Malcolm X, superb. Should have won for that, yeah, right. You know that but ain't going to happen. But he went for Alonzo, oh. a, a crooked cop. So there's something wrong with the picture of how they how they, like you say how they label us and see us as actors and actresses. You know, you can't well, get one as a good person, but you can win as a, a being being a, a dirty cop or, or, or a hole or whatever that might be. But not she, as she a, wasn't. A she person. wasn't. She wasn't a hole. She was a waitress. Ah, I know what she was, Derek. I'm yeah, just see, saying. I think like some somebody like a Denzel. It's almost like a, an NBA deal where it's like a makeup call because he should have. He was. He should have won for uh, Malcolm X. I thought that was his, his best as far as embodying a role and just you know putting it out there. But Denzel was always great. But someone's like, I make a call, like, oh, we missed it on that one, so we'll give it for uh, for Alonzo. But that's not how it should be. It should be, like, in, in theory, like, I think it's like Tom Hanks at one point won, like, three in a row, some kind of crazy deal. And you see Tom Hanks in the movie, you go, okay, fine, he's going to be Tom Hanks, Denzel, I guess Meryl Streep, certain actresses, certain actors and actresses, Chadwick, too. They're so good all the time that it's like, when aren't they the, when isn't Jordan the MVP? I guess you right, get that's the Yep. Yeah, is that's the thing. It's like okay, yeah. I guess you got you get tired of voting for him, but yeah, he's the MVP. If he's MVP this year, and like he's still an MVP, you can't say, well, you know, we gave it to him three years in a row. We got to give it to Carl this year. No, if if he's the best, he's the best. Right. That was that was the argument I was going to make. I mean, every year LeBron James plays basketball, he's easily the MVP of the league. He's the most valuable player. If you put him on Cleveland, um, they they can compete for a final, they can compete for a championship, you remove him, they're a lottery team. So what does that suggest? That suggests that he is the MVP of the league. He's the most if you put him anywhere, they are competing for titles. Uh and it's not true of other players. As great as KD is, they were not competing for titles when he was in Oklahoma City. But when he went to, you know, Golden State, a team that already had already won a title or two. Then you know now all of a sudden we're like yeah you know he's a, he's in the title you know title conversation but every single year LeBron James has played basketball he is competing or he has had his team in contention to win a title so I think the same thing is true of certain actors uh, you know you mentioned Denzel and Tom Hanks you know Anthony Hopkins all of these these yeah, yeah. these Meryl Streep's of the world you know they're, they're just actors and actresses who just Chadwick Boseman certainly was was a brilliant star who could who could conceivably, you know, uh, uh, you know, Pacino or De Niro, pretty much anybody, any of those guys should by rights 
always be in the conversation. I just think that, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, makeup call. They're, they're, they're out of touch with, 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 with where the, where the, to Keith's point, where the people are, you know, and, and this year too, I think that was another thing that kind of uh, irked me this year. I didn't see them usually, you know, when the Oscars come around, uh, I remember of the Screen Actors Guild, when the actors and, and I know Mark, you remember the Directors Guild. Yeah. So we get these screeners. So generally speaking, usually Oscar time rolls around. I have seen most of the movies. This year, I did not see, I saw like two. I saw A Night in Miami and I saw uh, Judas and the Messiah. That was probably the only two of these Oscar nominated films. And I think I saw a documentary, Time. I saw that documentary, and that, that's about it. No, no. You know who won, Anthony? Two Distant Strangers, which I told you to watch. Uh, right, yeah. So, okay, yeah. Two Distant Strangers did win yes. for the short, for film for short. Yes. For live at, yeah, which was great. It was, yeah, it was a great year. So, that, I'm, I, so I saw, out of the nominated films, I saw four. Yeah, I saw uh, probably about 15 to 20 of them, but there was nothing that, and I guess it was just the function of the year, because even if there was no pandemic, these movies are coming out regardless, but it was just like, to me, it's sort of like a flat year. It was just like, yeah, okay. There was nothing that like that jumped out at me. Like you go, man, did you see this? And and everybody, that's like we said before, we said earlier. There's certain movies that we can all know. No, this is the best movie. And then when that movie doesn't win, you go, how? Did, what are you guys watching? You know, what, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Goodfellas never won. I don't know how yeah, that. Did yeah, not I don't happen. know how that. <laughs> 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 Scorsese's pretty good. How is yeah. he not? <laughs> I mean, he should have like a bunch of them. He should. I mean, he should have been ringing them like, up. Uh, I mean, you know, Bill Russell with rings. Like, you know what? Right. Yeah. Put that over there. With the raging, <laughs> raging bull didn't win on the same year that De Niro. Raging bull, the movie didn't win, but De Niro won. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, I mean, so yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to scratch your head. I mean, I, and, and and y'all both make the point about Denzel. Yeah, Malcolm X certainly should have won. He should have won for Malcolm X. Uh, I think. You know, in terms of his other lead lead roles, um, I mean, he probably should have won another one as a supporting actor, uh, not just for Glory, but for Philadelphia, and he never oh, yeah, got that. Right. Also, on um, a flight, he was. I mean, that role. Flight, yeah, flight. He, yeah, he was nominated for that. He should have won for that. Yeah, like I said he's he's Jordan. I mean, he, like certain, like you said, certain guys. We said certain guys are Jordan. The fact that they, you know, they get tired of voting for that person, it's just the Academy. We, we said at the top, they got to pat themselves on the back because otherwise, if you if you really look at what they do. If you guys are playing house, you're going to pay a lot of money to play house. So they got to justify these awards some kind of way. Mm. Now, Halle Berry, I'm sorry. Monsters Ball, I don't. I, mm. It feels good. It feels good. <laughs> hey, Come on, now. Leave Halle alone. I know. Mean, yeah. she, she, Halle looked great. But I mean, um, that wasn't the Oscar winning performance. I think that. Not that, even close. That performance had been made by her mama and her daddy. Years before when they created that body. <laughs> but that wasn't the performance. Her acting performance had nothing to do with that. I mean, you know, it was just like, wow, really? I mean, so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad um, that uh, they they had the good sense to play it down. But uh, I think I, I'm over it. I, I, I'm general, I just, I, I, you know, I wrote in an article I posted it on Medium, uh, you know, called A Year in the Bubble. And I wrote, uh, although none of y'all bothered to read it, even though I posted uh, for, it right there. On the, uh, Keith, Derek, did you guys know about this article? No, no I, not until now. Know, not know, not know, to now. Know, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, excuse me. It's posted right there on the Power to the People uh, Facebook page. We have, we are in a, a cousin chat. We're in a podcast chat. And it's not very how we've heard about it until seconds ago. Yeah. Post it. Yeah. On the power, I read people. it now. And direct contact page. with chat. You have our numbers. You know where we live. With the first time we hear about it is when you say it just now. Exactly. I, I, well, I, clearly, y'all do not visit the Power to the People Facebook page. I visit my phone and I see that <laughs> chat, and I have never seen. Hey guys, check out my article. Right. Well, anyway, in the article, I don't want to talk about it now. Y'all just <laughs> forget it. The Tell article it. nobody knew existed. Sorry. So, okay, sorry, no, no, sorry. Uh, you know, I just said that uh, you know, and, uh, after a year in the bubble, um, um, I, I, a lot of things have changed. We, I, all of our perceptions have changed pretty much. But I will send you all a link since oh, you don't check you. the Powell to the People Facebook page, which is where it is in plain sight for everybody to see. Um, while we're doing that, uh, I know Derek. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to give you your props again. <laughs> you've been, you've been chirping about these Knicks for the longest time. It's not uh, like I said last week. Not chirping. Continue. 
Uh, you have been talking up the Knicks for the longest time. I don't like the and, up. I don't like the up phrase. Just talking about them, I like that. Okay, you've been hyping the Knicks for the longest time. And so, uh, you know, I mean, again, they, they are they are on a tear. I think it's they're going for what ten in a row tonight. I yes. believe tonight. Yes. So, so uh, uh, the Suns, Phoenix, they have a chance to beat. If they beat the Suns, I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it you know, maybe things can happen. I, as I said to you guys yesterday on our things text, are happening. They won nine in a row. They did win nine in a row. I mean, and they're going to make the playoffs. Happening. You know, they're probably going to finish fourth, which is great. They'll make the playoffs. And if you can get tickets between games one and four, which would probably be the wise <laughs> one, uh, I wouldn't wait for the to-be-determined games or the to-be-announced games. I would go for for the sure things, one through four. I'm looking, so catch I'm looking that- for tickets for the second round. You'll be finding Pirates Treasure if you find them tickets in, because that's where they're going to be buried. That's, that's what, where they're going to be buried with, with the Pirates Treasure. What, what, what is amazing, uh, these guys are balling, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't understand why you just can't give them their props. You got to throw different buzzwords in there to kind of, you know, take away from what they're doing. With the exception of the Utah Jazz, folks, the only other team to win nine games in a row this season is the New York Knickerbockers. We are playing out of our minds. We have the defense like it used to be with Pat Riley. We grinding and we're finding a way to win. And these are quality wins. We got an all-star who's playing off the charts. I believe in all nine games, he scored 30 or more. He's balling, you know, so you got to give these guys their props with what they're doing. Nobody, everybody counted them out. And now, you know, cats want to come over, you know, slightly. But come on over to the good life, man. There's plenty of room on this bandwagon for you. Come on over, uh, supervisor. It's okay. No, no. I, I, here's here's the deal. If they win tonight, I'm jumping back on the bandwagon. I will pull. I will pull. You out just my can't jump time. on the bandwagon. You got to <laughs> ask permission. You just oh, ain't no, just coming jump, over I, here because they win tonight. You need I to have ask mixed me. Paraphernalia. I, I, I can get on the bandwagon if I want to get on the bandwagon. Why can't I get on the bandwagon, man? Why can't I get back on the bandwagon? Because you've been dogging these guys. You got to go back to the old tapes, man. It's like a couple of weeks ago you were dogging my guys, man. They deserve to be dogged. But they were winning. They didn't win nine games in a row since Thursday. They've been balling, man. But you haven't been watching, even though I continually on this show around the same time and say, look, look what my boys are doing. Okay. Let me ask this question. When was the last time they won a title? Everybody knows it's 73. We're not talking about that. It's like, that's like asking me the last time I had hair. Come on, man. We're here now. (laughs) So so we're here now. Okay. So it's Let's a long time. Now. So the last time you had hair is a long time ago. Yes. So the last time you made a barber's appointment is a long time ago. Yes. So the last time I made an appointment to see the Knicks is a long time ago. That's my point. That, that I mean, it, 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 all things them, stand, stand, stand reason. I seen them maybe about two or three years ago. You know, we get tickets every once in a while. One of the boys, we go down to the game and we have a good time. Um, were they competitive then? No, but we are competitive now. And we just want to be acknowledged for the work that we're doing now. Our body of work this season has been very good. Your team is doing excellent. I I I, I thought when they hired Tibbs, it was Thank a you. horrible hire, but they he's proved that proved me wrong and they they, they have proved the league wrong. Thank you. I mean it, if you would have said the Knicks would have been like in fourth place of the playoff race with what, maybe 12, 10 games left? Nope. You would have you could have won a ton of money. It's, I'm pretty sure like there's somebody out there who's like just jump up and down for joy because he probably put a bet on the Knicks for like two bucks and he's gonna cash out. Yeah, because Vegas had the Knicks coming in dead last, winning wow. no more than 15 games. Oof. So like Mark said, whoever took that bet, oh, they, they in heaven right now. They cleaning up. And I tell you, I, I'll be honest. I really thought we would get probably anywhere between 25 and 30 wins, you know, with the talent that we had. Because, you know, you got to know Tibbs. Tibbs runs, just like he's always, he's doing it to these cats. He runs you into the ground, you know. That is the only thing that scares me about them called come playoff time where you got a lot, you got the, you know, the starting five, man, with the exception of uh, Peyton, the point guard, they are logging anywhere between 38 to 44 minutes. Ooh. And I think that's a little bit too much for those guys going yeah, to Yeah, Jack Rose, he could tell you that. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying a couple of weeks ago when you shut me down talking about coaching. What I said was that they don't have a guy. First of all, they can't rest anybody because the only way they can win is to play 
those guys those minutes, and they don't have they uh, okay, they don't have a, a guy that you can see, you know, they, where they can go on cruise control. They don't have a Durant type or a Harden type where the rest of the guys can go on cruise control and, and person A can get you 30 and, and, a, and a cheap win. Well, you got to um, have faith in your players. He, he's not playing them other guys that much. They're playing eight minutes, nine minutes. What can you see in eight and nine minutes from a player? Right. Well, that's, that's think- well, again, if you're talking about the playoffs, these guys are going to struggle because they've been burnt out. Well, 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 let's let's I mean, you're not on the bandwagon. You haven't been watching. We we don't really need all your sidebar commentating about all oh, what's going to happen. Oh, we don't need all this right now. We don't need none of your black cloud. Matter of fact, don't get on the bandwagon. Stay in Brooklyn with the Nets. We don't, I don't like the way this conversation is going. OK, just we, just for that. I'm joined. I'm watching tonight. <laughs> we put, oh, God, here we, watch me lose tonight. But yep, they've, been playing, a heck. <laughs> they've been playing solid. What has to happen? Tibbs is not trusting the bench when the when they come in and the lead is like eight points and they holding it to eight. I think if you 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 bring like a OB topping in, he always starts the second quarter, but he's playing behind Julius Randolph, who's uh, Randall Randall, who's playing out of his mind. But you usually bring Julius in with about uh, after six minutes have expired in the second quarter. But if the lead is still eight. Sit Randall a little bit longer and rest his body. I can see if we lost something, but Tibbs is just a stickler when it comes to that time and those minutes, and that is what really scares me with them going into the playoffs. I'm hoping once they have uh, solidified a playoff berth, he'll rest yeah, those stars. No. That's what I'm hoping. No, no. He I said hoping, it. Mark. I know how. I know his yeah. MO. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I know uh, obviously Randall is, is, the, is the star on the team, and, and I hear uh, Barrett's playing better. But who's the who's their third of their big three? Like, who's the guy? Who's uh, what they do Reggie is Bullock. they got a cat named Adele Alex Ray. Burke, who's hurt right now, but also who's playing out of who's shooting the ball like crazy is uh, Bullock. Right, that's the guy okay, who's got, got like the crazy, crazy haircut with the dread tails. Yo, the cat can't miss right now. And then you know who else? D Rose. D Rose, D. Rose has found good. Yeah, some legs somewhere where he's balling, man. And then, of course, we got the rookie in Emmanuel quickly, who's playing well. Kentucky well, provided, boy, right? Thank of course, I'm not sure where he went. To, uh, provided, of course, that D Rose does not get in any kind of trouble. Hey, Mark. I mean, uh, Anthony. Leave us alone. We doing good. We don't need your 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 your, your bad vibes around now. Now D Rose gonna get in trouble. Stop. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, get in trouble. I mean, it's New York. I mean, you know, they got you know. I mean, so he got happy. I'm glad it's a pandemic, so he can't get in no trouble. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, hopefully, as I said, if they if they win tonight, I'm back on. I'm back on the bandwagon. I'll be rooting for the Knicks this playoff if they win tonight. If they don't win tonight, I'll be dogging them the rest of the year. So there it is. <laughs> One game makes that different than One game? Yeah, it's, it's the difference between 10 in a row or not 10 in a row. 10 in a row is impressive. Not 10 in a row is not impressive. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean they have way overplayed – uh, their their contract and their value this year, as you, as you said, Vegas had them finishing last, and now we're looking at a, a potential fourth place finish um, in the Eastern Conference. That is impressive. That's certainly impressive, and you know, and and they could be scary in terms of of advancing past four to get to to you know the next round. I think they could conceivably get to the next round if they get. But the we'll see. Slot, they can. It's just too bundled. It's too bundled up right now, though. That sixth, seventh, eighth in a uh, uh, spot is just really tight. Really tight. Right, because the rest of those guys, are, you know, I mean, uh, now the way they do it with the, you know, to ten with the playing, play-in playing tourney, yeah. you know. So I mean, for them, the best news is if they make the playoffs at four, then they can relax yes. until the the playing tournament happens. So they'll get that time off. Maybe that's that's tips philosophy they'll get that time off anyway in which case they'll be able to you know to yeah. regroup they're gonna need so it we'll going see. in because they are logging big big minutes yes well um it has been a bad bad week for rappers uh so as i texted you guys last week we were talking about you know um not only the the, the death of dmx but then we lose uh shock g Black Rob. Digital Underground, yeah, Black Rob, yeah, right. So, so it was. It's just been a, 
I'm not laughing. I'm just saying it's been a horrible week to be a rapper of note. Um, but uh, sh- I think Shock <laughs> Shock G was the latest shocking loss. Um, the uh, uh, in, in the rap that. world. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and and for people that don't know who Shock G is, our, our international listeners, people over in, 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 well, they probably do in England. England, they they would, would definitely probably have a feel for who Shock G is and, and, and places that are hip-hop friendly. And, and I don't know about France, but certainly in England. Uh, Shock G was the was yeah, the, the the lead on the Humpty Hump Digital Underground song, and I think uh, the same song too. Uh, he also sang lead on that Tupac. Yeah, he brought Tupac mm-hmm. to the world. Um, so yeah, he his 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 he's not the star of the of the hip hop universe, but he's certainly an influential figure in the hip hop universe. Yeah, in terms they had a little of, nice run. Yeah, I mean, they had a great run. I think he's he's a producer on a lot of big time songs too. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, you might be more familiar with it, Keith, than I am. Oh yes, um, Freaks of the Industry. He did um, Go Round. What else? Uh, did a couple a uh, couple of Tupac sh- uh, songs. He did a song with uh, MC Hammer. So you know he's yeah, he's, know he's, he's yeah. a big time producer, right? Yes. Let, let me help, let me help you guys out. You, you guys are killing me. The ladies know who Shock G is. Remember his line, Shock G, the one who put the satin, put the on, satin your on your panties. <laughs> Never knew a honey that could share me. That's Shock G. They know who he is. Well, the thing really, I liked about really, them. Sorry about that. Okay, really good guy. Um, fifty-seven man. They didn't say what he passed away from, though, right? No, they, they just found him um, dead in the hotel room yeah, in, Tampa. in uh, Tampa, Florida. A lot of things go down in Florida, man. See, in hotel amazing. rooms, especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Florida, no, Florida hotel rooms is just a bad, no, that's, a bad, that's, a bad look. That is, that's not, that's where you find your, uh, your missing daughter. <laughs> she wants up in a yeah, hotel room in Florida. Yeah, no, bad, bad hotel room in Florida, unless you go into Disney World, is a bad look. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. Oh, gee whiz. The thing I like about Digital Underground, which, if you think about the time they came about, is that they brought fun back to uh, hip hop. Right. Because at the time, remember, we went, remember, because hip hop first came out, it was fun music, it was party music, you know, you know, have, having a fucking, and then it got to that, you know, the, the gangster rap for, for air quotes. It was like hard and like, damn, I, I need to lighten this mood up again. I need to go back to some fun music. And that's exactly, they came in at the exact same t- time when, you know, off of NWA and Cube and, and Snoop and all those guys and Dre. And they said, okay, we're going to have some fun music. And silly music, because I mean, obviously, you, you want it's 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 okay to think sometimes, but I just want to party. I just want to party. I want to have to sit there and think about the world when I'm in a club right now. I just want to just, you know, think about where I'm going from this next step. And that's what they did. It was kind of like okay, they lighten it up. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it 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 is it is it is definitely sad. So to to his family, um, you know, we express our condolences and we. To him, to his soul, uh, rest in power. And we want to thank you for your contribution to the soundtrack of our lives. I mean, he was uh, again, as, as you said, Mark. I mean, he brought the fun. They brought the fun back to hip hop, and certainly int- introduced the world to uh, Tupac Shakur, which is, uh, you know, you, if that's your resume, then that's a hell of a that, that, that's a hell of a life lived. Uh, it really is. And and speaking of resumes and lives lived, uh, we uh, they they sent. Uh, Earl Simmons, uh, better known as Rapper DMX, they sent had a homegoing ceremony for him at the uh, Barclay Center in Brooklyn the other day, and and all things went fairly well until they didn't. <laughs> so uh, I know you 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 texted this out, Derek. I was watching it as it happened, but I'll let you I'll let you describe the action as you saw it. It was no action. What what happened? <laughs> um. When there's a home-going service, you know, th- there's a program. And the program, it gives you a blow-by-blow on how things are going to be. And sometimes, you know, they allow it to open up, you know, if people, you know, want to, uh, you know, say a few things. With a home-going service for somebody of this caliber, you got to stick to the script because, you know, he he was famous. And there was a young man who felt he was going to get on the uh, microphone and and, 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 and and say his thing. And, you know, anybody who knows uh, Pastor Bernard, and uh, I had the honor of meeting him <laughs> in the early 90s, 
he's he's serious about his business, man. And he, he had to shut the guy down and he kept telling the guy, yo, the, I don't disrespect you in your house. Don't disrespect me in my house. And if people don't know, then they're going to hear it on power to the people. His security team is the real deal. And I am really glad that somebody got that guy away from that microphone because it wasn't going to turn out real good. You know, we, we didn't want to see that up in a home going service. But when you at uh, in Brooklyn and you go into Pastor Bernard's uh, church and they're doing the service, oh, you're going to stick to the script because, you know, he wants to make sure everything flows according to the family wishes. And the guy's complaint was that you cut me out, referring to uh, Pastor Bernard, out of the program. It ain't Pastor Bernard who made the program. It's the <laughs> family who make the program up and they give it to him or to whoever's who are officiating it. And then they make a decision who's going to speak and who's not. And that young man should have took that up with the family. And he definitely shouldn't have took it up while the service is going on. But I'm glad, you know, with the way Pastor Bernard uh, did handle it. And he, and he made it known that uh, he was a man before he was a pastor and they uh, kept everything moving from there. <laughs> I just want to say, watching it, when it got, I mean, you talk about when when Cuomo was was asking about the ventilators, and you were sitting at home, and you felt the tension in your own house while he was on a TV, and you started checking around your own house to see maybe if you had ventilators in the basement that you weren't aware of. That's how I felt watching that moment. I was like, man, this is. I, I felt that the tension was ridiculous. I mean, it it was it was mesmerizing. I was flipping through the channels, and I just happened to stumble upon it. I mean, I knew it was happening. And, you know, I, I didn't really want to, I, I guess my brain was not really ready to watch a homegoing service for DMX, but I was watching and all of a sudden this guy came up and I was trying to see where he was going with his story and his story was starting to ramble a little bit and it was rambling on and on and it wasn't getting to any place and he was, he was spending more time talking about himself than he was talking about the late Earl Simmons and uh, the pastor interrupted his uh, soliloquy and explain the rules of the game at which point young man was feeling some kind of way he got caught up in his feelings and i was thinking hmm, this might not be the spot for this and i don't i didn't know nothing until you told me i didn't know nothing about the security but just the the attitude of the pastor you know he wasn't some meek mild dude you know he wasn't like that that dude that used to be on laughing you know uh the the, the, the he wasn't like that guy it was like, yo, this this uh, is is he is he doing the pastor as a front? Is that a front for him? Because what I will what I will it, say, and I don't mean to cut you off, Kirk Franklin cussing out his son ain't got nothing on that pastor there. That I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to hear that. So just imagine this guy, and just a little bit more. Okay, that's who you're dealing with. Hey, hey. It was like, who house? Ron's house? This is the pastor's house. <laughs> this is his church. And this is how this is how this is going down. Either you're with it or you're not with it. And, and, I, and I think the young man got the message and, and he bowed out, uh, I guess as you say, gracefully. Now, he didn't get the message. What happened was people around him got the message for him and kind of <laughs> ushered, ushered him out kicking and screaming. But he definitely did leave. And I'm pretty sure as he left and got met at the door that we did not see off camera, he realized, oh, okay, this is a moment in the life. Um, speaking of in the life, uh, uh, Keith, you mentioned the Johnson & Johnson issue, and I guess we should talk about it. Johnson oh, & Johnson uh, had a little problem uh, a couple of weeks a ago. Little, where they, a little problem? They had an issue. They, no, yeah, it's it, a little it, problem. It's a little problem. I mean, relative to... to the amount of cases I think about there's been six cases of of women developing uh, blood clots out of that's the uh, ones we don't know about. Come on, now. well it could be it could be more certainly, but uh, but percentage wise, I mean if 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 the percentages favor Johnson and Johnson, but of course naturally with with a new vaccine, any anything new, we're all kind of on edge and everything else. Uh, so they're just back now, and apparently there's been a couple of. I just read today that there's been a couple of new cases with mm. uh, with uh, some men having some uh, cardiac. I don't know what the term is. Uh, what they call a myocardial swelling, edema, or something like that. But this wow. is all standard fare for any vaccine, any kind of. That's not like I know. I understand why they did it, but in in turn, they almost 
killed Johnson and Johnson, the government, they being the government, because this is standard fare for almost any vaccine you ever take. That there's not everybody, we're not all the same. So if you have six cases and $6.8 million, uh, six million, $6.8 million people, that percentage is way under a normal vaccine of, say, we took a vaccine for the flu or a vaccine for uh, measles or whatever, you know, it is way under, but the overreaction is because people are just freaked out. So I think that's the, the part that's kind of outsourced compared to what it really is. I, I, you know, my, my opinion is they stopped production on this, uh, um, on Johnson Johnson for what, about 10 days while they, you know, gathered their facts together. And I was watching um, the nightly news and like, like you said, Mark, they said, oh, it's about six people, seven people, maybe even more that might get it, but outweighs those who would help. But what happens if you're one of those people that fall in line with those people who have the blood clot, uh, the heart problems, or anything else that comes along with this? That's the scary part. You know, uh, Pfizer and Moderna, we don't hear really anything about them, but everything's been pointing to Johnson Johnson. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. It was the Pfizer vaccine that was the one that was causing the uh, the swelling in the heart. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Pfizer is the one. It, it did swell the heart, but it was meant to swell something else up. It just misjudged where it was going. That's I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, listen, I mean so- listen, you trust Pfizer. Pfizer created Viagra. Come on, they can't be wrong. Johnson Johnson is being sued for talcum powder. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah, you make a great point. I mean, it's right. two, yeah. One, yes, talcum powder is supposed to be beneficial and, and make you smell like a baby, and and Viagra is supposed to, you know, make you act like not a baby, okay. make you make babies. Okay, um, thank you. But, but, I just think the, but, the, the overreaction by the government, I think, was too much, like I said, compared to what it really is. Because if, if somebody told you, hey, listen, um, six people out of 6.8 million, uh, six people out of six million are going to win a million dollars, would you think? You're going to be one of those people who won the million dollars? You would think, no, no chance. I mean, the, the odds are ridiculous. So the fact that people are thinking that just because these six people had blood clots, which is ridiculously low, and then the government, I, it's one of those deals where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Say you, you just say, you know what, it's no big deal. And then say it turns out to be a really big deal. Like say case starts popping up all over the place, then you have that issue. But I think they should have just, I don't think they should have paused it because as it is, while we all have our vaccines and we understand that the reasons and the efficacy of having it, there are too many people who are still going to say, oh, CCC, I'm not doing it. And if that's the case, we're never going to get back to normal. Well, that's what's going to happen. I think what they, Johnson Johnson probably would send those vaccinations over to like uh, third world countries and stuff uh, and, and give it to those folks um, wow. over in India and in Brazil and stuff because they really don't have anything and they're suffering really, really bad. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was that's the next and final. Um, that that's the thing, you know. Right now, the the pause, uh, they didn't pause the production; they just paused the distribution of it. And what I learned today is that yeah, India is on fire. India, I think, had the most had record breaking numbers in cases and deaths today. Mm-hmm. And they are, uh, I mean, they have they they've already su- uh, surpassed their hospital capacity. So you got to realize that in a, in a country with a billion people and it's mostly rural, yeah. a lot of those people are just kind of dying in their farms or dying out in the fields, just dying. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the vaccine. And they're one of the manufacturers of these vaccines. In other words, they're one of the, one of the uh, not producers, not, not the companies that make, but they, they, they have the factory capacity to produce these vaccines. And now they're withholding them because their own country needs them, which is going to cause a shortage in the global supply of these vaccines, which is just, you know, again, you know, the world is tied together, everybody in this together. And it's, and it's, and it's insane and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, this is what I don't understand about our people, people that live here right now, you have a chance to go literally to your, your CVS or your, your, yeah. your Walgreens or wherever you live. Uh, most of these, most of these pharmacies in, 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 in your area, they have vaccines. They have a ton of vaccines. They have now. They have more than they needed before. They didn't have enough. Now they have more than they needed. They've already reduced the uh, requirements in most states, so anybody sixteen and over can get it. I suggest people who are listening here in the states 
Go get it. Don't wait around. If you want to have, you know, hot body summer this year or hot boy or hot girl summer this year, I think you need to go get them vaccines. If you want to be able to be outside and, and, and do those things that you want to do. I mean, we're all vaccinated, you know, thank God, knock wood. We're all vaccinated. And, and, and at least, I mean, you know, we're still wearing our masks. We're still, you know, fanatically washing our hands and, and, and hand sanitizing to, to the max still. Cause at, we're, at this point we're kind of COVID institutionalized, but I'm just saying for, for, our youngins, you know, they need to be out there and getting vaccinated. And for other people's youngins, you need to get them vaccinated and you need to get yourselves vaccinated because this uh, this thing in India is scary because they have they have variants and because the the the, the country is out of control with the with the amount of infection, you're going to have more and more mutations. And if you have more and more mutations, then maybe the you will not be protected or there will be a variant that will inevitably come here. It's going to come here. Whatever they have, whatever variant they get, whatever mutation they get, it is going to come here. Take that to the bank. It will be here if it's not already here because people travel back and forth. And especially as we're New Yorkers and we live in this city and they come uh, and they land right here, JFK, they land right here in LaGuardia or Newark. Uh, uh, Newark and, and JFK, the international airports, and certainly on the West Coast, they're landing in, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Yes, that's true. Because um, my um, old doctor, she was a, she's in India now, and she caught the COVID. And she's 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 originally from New York, but she lives on the West Coast now. Okay. And she had posted on Facebook she could barely move, she couldn't breathe, she felt like something was uh, crushing her chest. So so she's in India. So. She, she eventually she, she has to come back to the United States, but you don't know what she might carry back with her that might affect someone else on a plane or something. Right. Well, again, these planes are leaving and they're going to be landing here. They're going to be, you know, people are going to be taking boats. They're going to be traveling. They, they may not even come directly from India. Maybe they fly uh, through Europe first and then make stops in Europe before they come here. Or you have people who are traveling from, say, England to India. There's a large Indian population in England. They travel back and forth, and then they decide, oh, okay, let's go to the States. It, on a jet now, the way the way the world is connected, we're, 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 within 24 hours, anything can get from anywhere in the world to here. And if you don't think it's going to happen, you're being really, really naive. Uh, if you read my article, you know I already talked about this sort of thing, uh, and you would link. see it coming. I sent the link. He sent it. I sent it. So, 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 if y'all, if, if I'm not saying you specifically, I'm just saying the, the, to our multitude of listeners, if you have not subscribed to Power to the People, uh, then you should subscribe to Power to the People. You can go on our Facebook page where these guys don't go, but you could go and you could have read this article and could have been prepared for this Indian situation that's coming down. The pipe. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, and you could have done that if you were smart. You would have done it if uh, if you have not subscribed anywhere you get your podcast. You can get us. You can ask Alexa for us. You can find us on Pandora, uh, Amazon. Uh, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. I don't even just go to Google, anywhere. Anywhere you get your, if you go to Joe's Podcast University, that it's playing there too, I'm pretty sure. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can get power to the people. Just ask and it'll be right there. Just type it in, it'll come right up. But if you want to go find it real easy, just go to Facebook and it'll be right there with the, this latest post. It'll be right there. The latest episode will be right there. You hit the little button, it'll take you right to uh, Podbean where you can kind of listen and enjoy. Powell to the people. Um, so subscribe. And again, we want to thank all of our international listeners. Again, we've been talking about Indian. We do have Indian listeners. So namaste and stay safe uh, to our French listeners, to our British listeners, to our German listeners, uh, to our listeners in the country. We have uh, New York is our hot spot. Uh, certainly got a lot of listeners in California, Los Angeles, San Francisco. We want to shout them out to our Floridian listeners, to our Carolina listeners. Thank you all for supporting Powell to the people. We will see you all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.